This is Americami Minute, presented by the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Mr. Spencer Church. We are slowly but surely winding down with the Mirakami stories. We'll get in there. We are on story number seven of First Person Singular. Uh, this one, interesting title again, because like the carnival story threw me off. I didn't. This is not what I thought it was going to be at all. I was thinking like a cult or just the, well, he only read the name here. The Occult Swallows Poetry Collection. Not what I was thinking when we got to the story that this was going to be what it was. Not even technically a story, actually. Uh, more biographical. Uh, but before I go into that, I actually found some information today that you'll be interested in. One, the translator, because I've been bitching about the translation, is done by Philip Gabriel, who's actually the guy who does most of his translations for all okay. the stories I've read. So I thought made me dive a little deeper. I was like, well, why do these stories seem like they're, while written by Mirakami, they don't have that Mirakami touch that I'm, you know, so used to. So, deep dive, First Person Singular, which is the last story, is actually the only new story in this collection. The other seven were previously published in other works. So, I'm guessing these are from magazines and, you know, New Yorker, things like that. So, I thought that was interesting. Uh, and like I said, this story... The uh, Yakult Swallows Poetry Collection isn't really a story, now is it? Uh, no. This one is just, it starts off, I'm thinking, unknown narrator, as always. As normal, as normal for this. Reads shit. just like every other story in this collection, first person singular, you know, that's the story. But then, they it just throws in, in bold letters... This is Haruki Murakami. It's like he name-dropped himself. Name-dropped himself, and then it just reads as... He has a book called What I Think About When Running. I think that's the title. Uh, I'm imagining that's similar to what this story is, just his thoughts. Uh, this story is essentially him talking about writing his first novel. Well, he doesn't really go too deep into it. It's actually about baseball. The Yakult Swallows is a baseball team. Previously, something or other Astros. Adams. I forget. I have enough trouble with American baseball. I don't know. Yeah, I don't care about baseball at all. This was also the first story in this whole collection that did not really talk about music. But again, not really much of a, a story. But you know, the baseball talking about baseball. Yeah, honestly, the baseball it doesn't even fucking matter. It's just about him going to this, what is essentially a loser baseball franchise. They always lose. Oh, pirates! Pirates! Yeah. The main theme of this seems to be where. Um, how to accept losing, and he was talking about like he wrote his first novel the same year that they actually won the championship, and he kind of felt like, and that was like what made him famous because I think he actually entered into a contest and he won the contest, mm -hmm. and that's how he became a writer. Because before that, he owned a uh, Peter Cat Jazz Club or something along those lines. So he's talking about like the baseball team and the one year they actually do good and win the championship. He feels like because he's like one of the few loyal people to this team, nobody cares about this team. So, and this is, again, Haruki Murakami, so this is all real. He, uh... Or is it? Or is it? I think it is, because this reads about everything I know about his life, because I know he got the inspiration to write when he was at, like, a baseball game and stuff, which is, the title is he actually started writing poetry, quotation marks, at, uh... Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know much about poetry, this isn't, but, <laughs> but well, that, he, that didn't seem like poetry. I'm gonna read a couple of them. But he actually says in here that he's like, that's it's not really oh, you I wouldn't Any poet would like, you know, fucking want to whip my ass because this isn't what it's considered poetry. But he self-published the book of poems because no, it was trash. No publisher wanted them. 
but now he says they're huge collector's editions, and he wish he would. He only has like a couple. He wishes he would have kept more, yeah. so he would ring in the you know. Because he only printed what like five three hundred three hundred something something yeah. low like that. So because he would have been rolling but in the dough if he. Uh, you're going to read the butt one though, right? That was what, what, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? I thought maybe he you know me. To... <laughs> you know I'm reading the butt one. I uh, didn't page mark it, so I will be flipping through. But yeah, the butt one is the obviously the best one. Uh, we'll get there. Now, have you seen anything about that book, that poem book? Like, as, like, going, like, just, like, looking through his, like, his catalog? Never heard of it, yeah, never. Or anything like that? I mean, it was before he was famous or anything, so. But, I don't know, like, sometimes even whenever the, um, if some people, depending, they might, uh, have written, you know, what they'd done before they got, like, you know. Right. Now, the thing I actually thought was interesting, because, like I said, it's pretty much just biographical, but it is his view on, uh. Like, kind of like just defeat and overcoming defeat and how it can shape your life and stuff like that. And he actually had a lot of uh, his family life thrown in here, which I didn't know, like his relationship with his father, who was a big baseball fan, but he would get real sour when his team yeah. lost because he was like a something, I forget the name of the city, something Tigers, was it? or Yeah. Something, whatever it fucking was. It's like one of the most famous Japanese baseball teams. And he well, name drops a lot of baseball players too. Well, whatever the Yankee equivalent probably yeah. is. So he talks about his dad, and then he talks about his mom, who had, like, Alzheimer's, and she collected these, uh, they're like these telephone cards with baseball players on them, and, uh, I mean, it's interesting. If you want to, you know, just a little bit of a touch of Haruki Murakami's life, this is a cool, like, piece to read, but I'm going to go right into some of these I poems. I'd like to, like, he, because you talk about, like, sometimes he, the best times he had, they were what they were losing, too. Yeah. Here he just, like. They didn't even have stands. They he had to sit in the grass. But, uh, yeah, he talked about some of the best times. Where, well, I, I'm assuming that they have stands. It's just, like, the cheap seats are probably... Because, like, you even see how, like, yeah. an American field, like, the outfield will be, like, a grass-like area. Right. I just don't think they let them sit on it over here, over here though. He also had something... Because he was talking about, like, the one night he went out and got... After his father died, he got hammered drunk. And it wasn't because he was sad or emotional or anything. He just felt like getting drunk. But he couldn't get drunk. And for whatever reason. And then he woke up the next day and he was, like, real sharp and stuff. And uh, he thought that was strange, but there was a part where he's at a baseball game and he he's in the mood for a dark beer. He yeah. wants a dark beer, and that's normally not something you get at a baseball game. That's how he ends this story, actually. He uh, finally finds a kid, like a young high school kid, who has it, and the kid apologizes profusely. He's like, I'm sorry, all I have is dark beer. He's like, hey, it's okay, man. And, you know, that's what he wanted. So he takes the dark beer, and then he, that's how he kind of ends the story. He's about, you know... Pretty much saying that not everybody's going to like his writing. It's a personal taste, and he's like, sorry, all I have is dark beer, referring to his own work as something that is not for everybody, but if you do enjoy it, you probably really like it. But don't a lot of people like his work, though? Don't he has a lot Well, of... yeah, but I mean, a lot of people mean, like dark beer, I mean, too. I mean, other, I mean, other than maybe this, it's this just current like, book. If you think of it as, okay, a baseball game, you think of baseball fans, just a whole stadium of baseball fans. The majority of those kind of people are probably just wanting like a lighter beer, or a lager, yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. They're not going for a dark, heavy beer or anything like that. Uh, it's all hot out. And shit. So if you just you know compare that to reading audiences, yeah. most reading audiences nowadays they just kind of want lighter, fluffier reads, fun stuff. And he's right, re- you know, he does a lot of literary stuff. And so there's a reading audience. I mean, in Japan, they have a lot more readers than we do, probably. Um. 
This first one, I'm not going to read all the poems, by the way. I'm just going to read this first one and then the butts one. Because they are, I will say, terrible. Which, he knows they're terrible. He talks about how terrible they are. For the, well, he says they're pretty much just not poetry. That's You'll get the feel. But he wrote these like a lot of times in between, um, as he considers baseball a leisurely sport. So, you know, while you're waiting for the next guy up to bat and all that stuff. Which I've been to a Pirates game, Pittsburgh Pirates game, a couple times yeah. in my life. And I was like, this is fucking boring. <laughs> Why does anybody go to this? Oh my god, he hit it in the infield. Oh my god, he well, hit it in the infield. I remember again. like years ago. It has to be like ten years ago that I remember watching like a sports thing, and you know, like Stephen King's a big Red baseball yeah. Red Sox guy, and it was one of the times like the Red Sox was just getting their ass beat in just like a regular season game, and so he was just he was in the outfield, but he was he was reading, so you know he still off the game, but he was reading, and people mm. were like. Should he read? Should he be reading? Like, if he just shouldn't he just go home if he doesn't yeah. want to like it? And like, and it, since it was it's Stephen King, so it does whatever the fuck he wants. Like, well, it also made me think. Well, which actually is a good uh, example. You go to a baseball game not necessarily just to be entertained, but kind of to relax. Yeah. Especially if you're going on, you know, to see a losing team, a team that's always losing. Uh, you're probably just going just for the experience. Like that'd be like us going to our local uh, Washington Wild Things baseball game if they still fucking have them. I don't know. But, uh, like, like, you're not going to there because it's exciting. You're just going yeah. there to hang out. This first poem... Here, I'll just read the preceding paragraph, too. The first poem in my collection was the following one. There are two versions of the poem, a short version and a long one. And this is the long version. I add a few things later on. Poem is entitled Right Fielder. Remember, this is from Japanese, so this doesn't rhyme. Uh, but it may have in Japanese. I don't know. They might actually be a be- little better in Japanese than they're going to come across. Of course, the butts one probably is way better in English. So right fielder, on that May afternoon, you're holding down right field at Jingju Stadium. The right fielder for the Senkai Adams, that's your profession. I'm seated in the back of the right field's seats. Just reading how it's broken up, by the way. Drinking slightly lukewarm beer, like always. The opposing team's batter lost a fly to right field. A simple pop fly. It arcs high up, a lazy fly ball. The wind has stopped, and the sun isn't an issue. It's a piece of cake. You raise both hands a bit and step forward about three yards. You got this. I take a sip of beer. Waiting for the ball to drop, as straight as a ruler the ball falls, precisely 300 yards behind you, like a mallet lightly tapping the edge of the universe. There's a slight plunk. It makes me wonder, why in the world do I cheer on a team like this? This itself is a kind of riddle as huge as the universe. I have no idea what that's supposed to really mean. Oh, here's what he says after this. I have no idea if this could be called a poem. If you did, it might make actual poets upset. Make them want to string me up from the nearest light pole. I'll pass on that, thank you very much. Okay, but then what should I call these? If there's a better name for them, then I'd like to know it. So for the time being, at least, I labeled them poems. And then he gathered them in a collection called the Occult Swallows Poetry Collection, which you probably can't buy now. Uh, probably very valuable. Man, that's what's funny, too. If you become famous, if you put out some fucking dog shit that's very hard to get, like you just had a couple printed up pieces of fucking trash that you called a story or something, Yeah. but that's all there is out there is a couple of them. People are going to buy them up for thousands of dollars. All right, Spencer. You want me to read the butts? Yes. Uh, bird Shadow, that ain't it. That's probably a good one. I think so. Isn't it like the last one? Yeah, I got one? it, yeah. This is from the Honshin Tigers outfielder. I, I don't no. That's the that's the team his dad like the Honshin Tigers. So this is the very uh, weird weird. Say, weird poem. It's entitled "Outfielders Butts." 
I enjoy gazing at the butts of outfielders. What I mean is, when I'm watching a slow-going, losing game from the outfield seats by myself, how else can I join myself besides staring at the outfielders' butts? If there's some other way, I'd sure like to know. I could talk the night away about outfielders' glutes. The swallow center fielder John Scott's butt is beautiful beyond measure. His legs are ridiculously long and look as if they're suspended in the air. Like a bold metaphor that makes your heart sing. Compared to this, the legs of the left fielder, Wakamatsu, are incredibly short. When the two players stand together, Scott's butt is about at the level of Wakamatsu's chin. The Tigers' Rhineback has a butt so symmetrical you can't help but love it. Just one look and it all makes sense. It goes on. The butt of the Hiroshima Carps player, Shane, is deeply thoughtful, cerebral. Reflective, you might say. People really should have called him by his full name, Shineblum, if for nothing else than to show respect for that one-of-a-kind butt. I was about to list the names of outfielders whose butts are not what you'd call attractive, but decided I better not. After all, you have to consider their mothers and siblings and wives and kids if they have any. Uh, remember, that is a poem. And he also uh, tells you who these players are in... Uh, little addition at the bottom of the pages. So if you have this collection and you're interested to know who these delicious butts were and you I mean, wanted to investigate. Do some Google. Yeah, he get, he gives you some names. So, uh, yeah, that that was weird. <laughs> like, really why, weird. Why did he add that? You know what needs to be? Uh, why is just old man Mirakami looking at baseball players' butts? You know what uh, that one, like, uber super drunken pen writing fan needs to do? They need to splice that. In with your, uh, was it George? James Joyce. Joyce, uh, fart. Fart fiction. Yeah. Somebody needs to, like, how they can make, like, rap songs out of it. <laughs> Somebody needs to sw swipe those two things together and just mix it. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, I'll end this with the, uh, last paragraphs here. When I write novels, I often experience the same feeling as that young man. I want to face people, and this is talking about the beer guy that you get the beer off of. I want to face people in the world and apologize to each and every one. I'm sorry, but all I have is dark beer. But no matter, let's not get into novels here. Tonight's game is about to begin. I'm praying that our team wins, but at the same time, quietly stealing myself for the possibility of yet another loss. So it's, I guess, pretty much an allegory for his writing, I guess. You know, whatever. I mean, the only reason I thought it was kind of interesting is just because he identified it as himself. Yeah. If it was just another, like, nameless narrator. Like I said, if that was, uh, you know, like, just like a biographical bit of Mirakami's life and, you know, at the beginning of his writing career in baseball, I could see that being interesting if it was, like, a, like, like some kind of biographical novel, like, like a Hunter S. Thompson kind of, like, well-written, yeah. maybe slightly embellished kind of thing. I could see that being it. Didn't Stephen King do something about the baseball, too? Didn't he write, like, a... Probably, I think so. I thought he wrote, like, a book about the Red Sox or something. I could be wrong. Uh, if not, then you didn't read that, which means you're not caught up on Stephen King. Well, I don't. He has a couple nonfiction things that I've never checked checking out. You harlot. Yep. Now, does this just cement more of the theory that we think that these are like all oh, Murky Mirakami? Right. Except you know, talking to the, like the monkey. That might have happened <laughs> to him too. I mean, <laughs> I could see that happen. If they, if anybody's <laughs> gonna talk to a monkey, I think it would be Mirakami. I think that would happen. Uh, if it was going to happen to somebody, yeah. it would be him. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, 
that's been a Mirakami Minute. We hope, uh, I feel like that was a little more insightful than some of these because at least we could understand the subject matter more than, you know, Charlie Parker and some of those uh, music-heavy episodes. Of course, base. That's another thing. Like, I like Mirakami, but if I met him in person, like, I don't give a shit about baseball, let alone Japanese baseball. And I couldn't name that many uh, jazz or classical musicians that he would know. So I probably wouldn't have much to talk to him. Or wine. Or wine. Seems like a wine guy. He's a big cocktail guy too. Um, But yeah, that was Mirakami Minute. Peace out. (laughs) 